Y'all know what time it is Hold on You know what time it is I strike like a cobra bike So high I don't know the hype Go down when I bought a flight My diamonds hand in the night I probably wouldn't need a light I promise I try to record a set I wish I could bring all my homies back I wish I could go cut the lot of jet Got locked up the police to my property In my car so I went bought another cat Me and your bitch had a lot of sex She got hit from the back You know what time it is, hold on We getting up, we up, we up, we up We, up. we feeling all right, we feeling all right We feeling okay I'm sorry I'm yelling in your membrane But it's okay, baby, it's okay Give me a second I pull up a car, then I'm already up Y'all know how we get down Come on, we gonna get the, the vibe right Please, hold on, just give me a second We gonna get this vibe right You know how I do, you know how we do It's the three day weekend mother podcast Come on Out in the trance is giving up in the building you heard me it's q and this is episode 49 of the three-day weekend podcast it's me q sir q of woo duke of boston they calling me that in the streets i'm telling you man <laughs> no, no 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 nobody's probably saying that but that's okay because i believe it all right i'm him i'm himothy stomping on you in my himberlands I'm him, him Jones. <laughs> we in the building, man. How's everybody doing? You doing good? Okay, all right, all right, all right. I can't hear you, so don't go on and on. Anyway, like I said, this is episode 49 of the Three Day Weekend Podcast. I'm feeling real good today, y'all. I got a lot of energy. 
Shorty in the kitchen making me a good meal. <laughs> Enchiladas tonight. Man, you got to love when somebody can make Mexican food and they ain't Mexican. Okay, I don't want to offend my Mexicans out there because I love y'all. And, of course, it can't get no better than how y'all make it. But, man, that shit is my favorite, okay? Anyway, welcome. Welcome to the show. We have uh, a lot to get through today, so we are going to get to it as we always do. I just want to start by saying... uh, I want to say it was a good year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, all right? Hey, 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 hey. If you know, you know I am a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Earlier in the year, people were coming for Coach Tomlin's head. I was not one of them, but I kind of was. There there was a point after we went 2-6 and where I said, man, is it Coach? But that was just my... You know, unwavering fandom coming in there because you know you hear it so much. People want to fire Tomlin, fired, and I got I got caught up in it a little bit. But no, I don't believe in that. And of course, we finished the season seven and two, the second half of the season on fire, gained some confidence, and that's a real coaching job right there. So shout out to Tomlin, shout out to Kenny Pickett, shout out to George Pickens, and shout out to the defense. Watt, Cam Hayward, we know, we know, we know. Okay, they did a great job. Shout out to everybody else. Y'all going to be in the playoffs. We didn't make it. But, hey, the fact that we even got close and had a chance, people don't want to talk about that. But, hey, (laughs) not a rebuild year, a retool year. A retool year. So I'm excited for next season, okay? I don't give a shit about the playoffs. We're back on the basketball. I've been watching the Celtics Every time they play, every damn game. This is probably the most I've been into basketball. I'm I'm on league pass every day waiting for more games, but I'm excited for the Celtics in the rest of the season. So we are moving on to that. And also with football, I mean, you got to put your prayers out for DeMar Hamlin, of course. Um, that was scary, man. But dude is out of the hospital now. He's going back home. He's back up and running, man. I hope he everything with him is okay. Obviously, you know, if you saw that last Monday night, what happened, it, it was scary. It was real scary. Guy, you know, went into cardiac arrest in the middle of a football game. We've never seen anything like that before, at least in, in football, like I said, specifically football, because, you know, we've seen basketball players. Uh, we had Hank Gathers of the world, Reggie Lewis's of the world. Uh, if you don't know who they are, look them up. But we've had situations happen like that where it's, it's scary either way. Um, you know, just so, you know, I don't want to kind of, some of that shit is old news, like, I, when I originally wrote my notes for this pod, I was like, yeah, we got to get into this. But it feels like it's overkill at this point. Prayers to my homie. Uh, prayers to the dog. You know what I mean? Condolences. But uh, we don't have to get into the other shit anyway. So over the weekend. Oh, wait, let me. Tune in and lock in. Over the weekend, I, I do a, another radio show. I do like a local show in Worcester with a co-host. And I got a whole team over there. And. We interviewed somebody this weekend that was pretty damn interesting. Um, you know, we've been kind of going up level by level in the ranks on who we interview, and it's been pretty cool. It's been a fun experience. But this lady in particular, she was on BET Plus's. Uh, so if you know BET, they have their little stream service, BET Plus, and they have a series called American Gangsters Trap Queens. And each episode, they cha- uh, they document or they kind of present a documentary of a, a mini documentary, of course, of a specific woman in history that did some real crazy crime and has gotten out of it and has, of course, changed their life or whatever, but they just tell their story because it was always something crazy. She had an episode on this. Um, so her name was Ayana Bean. You can look her up, man. Google everything if you need more info. But she's actually from here. She's from Boston. 
We were able to get a hold of her. She came right down into the show with, you know, no problems at all. It was pretty quick and easy. But here's her story. She was a struggling single mom. She was young, teenage mom. Uh, she grew up and, you know, then she had an abusive boyfriend. He was addicted to um, drugs and you know, a whole bunch of stuff. caught up in the life. They're caught up in the street life. Um, so she was on the wave of really kind of doing whatever she could to survive. And she was holding down the family. She's holding down to four. She has two kids by this point. And, you know, her, her husband, her boyfriend, he is uh, just an addict. So he's taking more than he's giving. If you ever dealt with anything like that, you know how that is. So she's obviously back against the wall. She's struggling. But she's a smart woman. She decides... Um, you know, she's always been into finance or money or whatever. So she's going to find a way to get a job working in money. And this was all very wholesome. Okay. Very wholesome start. Damn, you in there banging all them plates up. Damn. Sorry, y'all. Anyway, she in there cooking. I told you making uh, enchiladas. She over there banging them shits up in there. Shit. Suddenly I'm not excited for dinner anymore. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so the, the back to the story here. She, uh, go, she, she, she's good with money. She's good with accounting, things like that. Somehow she gets a job working at Emerson College through a connection. Um, she gets in the financial aid office, and that's important because this is how she gets her foot in the door. So she starts there, learns a lot about the system, learns about how it works. Things go great there. She decides to move on to a better position at BU, Boston University, if you didn't know. She gets there. Her situation at home has only gotten worse. Uh, she's struggling more. You know, her husband's an addict even more now. She's feeding his lifestyle. She's giving. She's, he's taking. The fa- obviously, still trying to raise kids. It's it's tough. Back against the wall, as I said. She decides to. She 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 one day you know rent was due, the lights was off, water was not on. I'm making that part up. The last part, but. Shit was tough. So she says, man, I got to find a way. She's obviously in the financial aid offices. So she's dealing with a lot of money, a lot of checks. She's seeing big checks at that every day coming in from banks and, you know, all that stuff. Perkins loans. If you know, you know, she decides, all right, one check comes in and we're talking like late nineties, early two thousands. She decides to take one of the checks, you know, play around fiddle up the numbers a little bit because she's the only one working on it nobody else is checking there's no checks and balances in this they take her word for it they look at the sheets if everything looks good there they don't actually know where the money's coming from if it never actually reaches them so she's able to control all that she then goes to the bank you know like i said early 90s and she was doing this by herself this wasn't this major scheme takes a check one of the big checks she said it was for nine hundred dollars she goes down, deposits it into her fucking first bank, her bank account, her personal account. And she said she waited about a few weeks after that to really do the next one because she wanted to see if it worked. It worked. Nobody said anything. Nobody said a thing. So she thinks it's all good. And she decides to do it again. You know, this time a little bigger. And then of course, you know how the story goes. She's not getting caught. Things are going well. Things are, she's still struggling at home. So she's figuring it out now. She's just taking checks, check, check, check. She said the most checks she did in a week was about 10. Okay, she said it got to the point where um, she wasn't even looking at her paycheck for the job anymore. She was just collecting these loan checks from these different banks, and they were all for a financial aid. Now, you might think, man, she's taking the financial aid from them kids. No, she wasn't, okay? This money, I guess in the big picture, it does affect 
financial aid at the end of the day, but she really was affecting the banks more than anything. And you know we don't give a shit about no banks up in here. So the money's piling up. She probably in the span of three years makes about over makes about three hundred over over about three hundred thousand dollars. And she was, you know, she wanted a music labels, a music industry shit. So she kind of started a label. She was funding a lot of different things. I'm telling you, this is all documented, right? Funding some things. She's living this lifestyle. She did say she wasn't living a lavish, super lavish lifestyle because that is who that's just not in her DNA. And she also didn't want to make it too hot because she still was working this minimum wage job at BU. So she just was. Just sort of supplementing her lifestyle, doing exactly what she needed to do at this time. Her husband is still an addict, so she's still supporting that life, you know, enabling it. But it's hard when you're in that position. You'll never understand. So money is money is flowing. Money is okay. Money is good. But the problem, so as time goes on, she says, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go cold turkey. She tries to go cold turkey. That doesn't really work. So you take, you start taking a little. It became so easy. You start taking a little more and more here and there. And eventually she's caught, obviously, right? <laughs> so, because when you think about it, the plan was not a great one. She's depositing these checks from these different banks in her personal account. She's not even um, using a different account, a fake name, anything. It's her personal account. And like I said in the beginning, this wasn't a major scheme, so that's why she really got caught up. And and she was she had to serve. Um, she did six months. Well, she, she served twice. She did six months. Sounds like she kept doing it in between once she got out and then she went back again um, for a year. So she served her time, man. She served her time. But I'm telling you, that was one of the crazier stories I've ever heard, man. This lady was really getting to it. And it was something that was so simple. And um, she she doesn't really regret it. Um, would she probably do some things differently? She says she would, but she doesn't fully regret that. She just... You know, regrets the time you miss out on when you do go away, especially the fact that she had two kids at the time that she was fully supporting. But, you know, before she went to jail, like I said, she wasn't doing anything super lavish, but she did buy a house. She was able to kind of solidify that, hold that down before she went away. So she did some things that um, were smart for somebody in that position. But overall, it, it just wasn't the smartest of decisions, obviously, because Shorty did get caught. But... Tune in and lock in. Anyway, moving on from that. This AI shit, man. This shit's getting crazy, man. Facial recognition, man. Cops in these departments using all this super technology, man. And why do we trust technology? Because we think we can, okay? Let me tell you this, all right? So a facial recognition tool identified a black man as a suspect in a theft case in Louisiana. We're talking Louisiana, right? So we know how it gets down there. Get a little a little racy down there. They say, man, we got the guide. Our AI figured it out. Y'all doing all them AI pictures, man. They finding y'all. One problem. The guy was three and a half hours away. Okay. No, actually, excuse me. I'm incorrect. Seven and a half hours away. And three states covering, crossing three states. Minding his own business, working his regular job. They go, they get this guy, they wrap him up, bring him down to Louisiana. This guy ain't got no family in Louisiana. He ain't ever even been to Louisiana. And that's what they find out. The guy is not the guy. He just looks similar to what the AI came up with. All right. This is one thing. We got to deal with racism. 
Just from regular humans. Now we got to deal with the racism from the damn AI, from the robots, nigga. We got to deal with the racism from the motherfucking robots. This is a sick joke. All right. So I get it, right? Y'all want to say y'all black people all look alike. Y'all all look alike. Blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, ha. But come on. Now the AI think we all look alike. This is a damn shame, man. And only reason, the only way I'll believe otherwise is if it fucking does it to another white person or something. Because, man, all they, all AI did was seen a chiseled black nigga, man, and said, yeah, that's the guy. All they seen was a big nose and some wide lips, and they said, yeah, we got him. That's a goddamn shame. And they went and got that nigga, too. Like, they believed in the AI. They ain't even questioning it. It's a damn shame. They said, yep, that's got to be the guy. Man, this nigga ain't never been in no damn Louisiana. That's a goddamn shame. I'm telling y'all, folks. Shit, y'all, y'all, y'all ain't have a reason to already be scared. You better stay scared. You better stay ready because they coming to get niggas, man. Up north in the west, in the Pacific Northwest, they're gonna come and get your ass, man. I'm telling you, just because of some AI said that's gotta be him. It's gotta be the guy. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. big black nigga. But anyway, 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 it's a damn shame. I'll tell you another thing that's a damn shame, man. Hold on, I will tell you another thing that is a damn shame. It's happening, y'all. My younger sister got a damn boyfriend. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, no, not no, that, no, no. Yes, yes, it's true, man. It's true. Please shut the fuck up. Nope. She, she, she does have a boyfriend, man. My younger sister, she's sixteen. Um, some people might say that's too young, but hey, I'll say at sixteen. I was a dog, okay? So, when I kind of think of the age, I guess not that young. My mom, of course, is in complete denial. She she believes that, you know, this isn't the case. And if she were to hear this pod, she would she would be mad because she doesn't say my sister has a boyfriend. But nope, nope, nope. I fully believe that she does have a boyfriend. I met the guy a few times. The guy didn't came on Thanksgiving. The guy was there on Christmas. The dude was there on New Year's. And now he's just there on a regular Sunday. And they hanging out in the living room. Oh, it's a damn shame, y'all. I mean, I fully trust my sister's judgment. So I'm not too worried. But you know, man, these, these young boys, man, you know how they get. All right. And I think the the biggest reason, right, that I always look back and I, you know, see my younger siblings starting to do things that I did. The worst part about it, you know, being my sister and her being my younger sister is that I know how these young boys are. But I think the biggest problem is it's it's kind of a self-reflection thing. Right. I think about when I was 16 and what my goal was and all I was thinking about. And then I guess I put that on other young kids and other young guys. But I have to realize not everybody was like me. Okay, me and my crew, we were some pervy dudes. All right, that sounds terrible. That's no, not like real pervy, not real pervy. Like, don't start thinking like, yo, these niggas about to catch a case. No, 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 no. We was just, we was just horny, man. You know, you get with a girl, you got one thing in mind, and of course, some of us were at different levels, different stages, but. You got one thing in mind, man. You want to be with that girl, okay? You want to get a little smoochy, smooch, kissy, kiss. And that's cool and all. But now you want to do it with another girl, too. Now you want to have another one. Now you want to have multiple. Now you're going to break these hearts. And you're just going to run through them all like it's not real life or like it's not really humans you're affecting. And I just don't want to see my younger sibling obviously go through that. 
Um, but it's better to start early. You know, it's better to start early, you know, get your heart broken early, things like that, because it helps gain that experience. It helps build it some strength, you know, some emotional strength. Because on the other hand, you got my younger brother who's who's 19. Um, he's 21 now, but he was 19. From what I know, he got his first girlfriend at about 19. And, man, this boy is love struck. And we all know what they say about everybody when they get their first, you know, relationship kind of later. They really, really latch on. But not only did my brother latch on, this nigga latched the fuck on. This nigga got the girl pregnant. <laughs> oh, my God. See, talk about latching on, man. Oh, man. Nah, but I love I love his, uh, his girl, man. I love him, of course. But I'm just saying, man. Now, the brother would have had some experience when he was 15, 16, 17. He might have, you know, he might have had some more couth, some more some more um, experience when moving around and navigating this life. But, hey, I'm happy, all right? I am happy for my brother and his uh, his girl. So, but I'm just saying, back to the point, back to the point, my younger sister, she, she just got to learn. She's going to learn, but, you know, she got two big brothers, man, that's really going to hold it down if anything gets scary, you know what I mean? You know how I do. Big black nigga. But <laughs> I, I, I definitely, you know, have... have Confidence in her, um, definitely have confidence in her. But uh, I feel bad now that I kind of exposed my brother that way and his girl. But it's all right, it's all right. Ed niggas don't listen anyway, nigga. <laughs> but either way, I love them, man. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Tune in and lock in. So. Uh, I got I got this flyer recently. It's for a sipping paint. Y'all know what a sipping paint is, where you know you go somewhere. It's usually an event where you're drinking some wine, and you know you're painting, and it's a real classy event, and it's real uh, it's it's real nice. You know, it provides a a calm moment. You get to relax, unwind a little bit around some adults, and and really just get to enjoy yourself. Well, I was recently invited to a sipping paint, and um. This is interesting, y'all. I, I I decided to take a look at the flyer. I took a picture of it for y'all so you could see. And this is Sipping Paint, Hip Hop and R&B Edition. Okay. This is on January 1st, so if y'all want to come down, man, this is at Good Time Villa, 1023 Main Street, Worcester. $25 a ticket. Okay, we're, we're looking at the flyer. Oh, food, raffles, cash prizes. Oh, that's hard. Okay, we got our DJ, Kid Cash. Yes, yes, Kid Cash. That's the man right there. But this is where it gets interesting. Twerk contest. The winner gets $500 cash. Okay. We've got some vendors here. I don't know what the fuck any of these vendors are. Sounds like a bunch of strippers. We've got the woman all-stars and the band bullies. Uh, sounds like some real shady shit going down at this sip and paint. But I will tell you, there will be no relaxation at this sip and paint. If you came to sip and paint, you won't be sipping and you won't be painting. I'm telling you that right now. It's a twerk contest going on. $500 cash? That motherfucker's going to be in there twerking. And when I tell you, these motherfuckers ain't young. They old. They old. We talking like 50 plus. Okay, you know me. I like them a little older. But this is weird. My mom going to be there. Okay, now this is freaky. I ain't a fan. But I am. I will be there at the twerk contest, um, especially for that. Just let me know what time that starts. Um, and I will let y'all know what time that starts. But I'm just saying, $25 a ticket, man. You get a lot, man. There's raffles and shit. And there's Bel Air. I know you niggas like Bel Air. Y'all niggas didn't realize Bel Air was wine. I remember them days. 
Niggas didn't know it was no damn Rose, man. Ricky Rose. Anyway. Big black nigga. But yeah, no, I, I'm gonna be there, man. So I'm, I guess I'm promoting it, man, because who don't want to drink wine and see the girls twerk? No, my bad. I guess it's niggas that got to twerk too, man. This day and age, everybody's got to be included, man. I'm, I'm all inclusive here at the three day weekend podcast. So I guess niggas will be twerking too. I won't be there for that section. I'll tell you that much. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. This is, a, this is a good pod, man. This is a funny one. I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling real energized and shit, man. About to go watch this national championship game. Who y'all got? TCU versus Georgia. We'll know by the time this is out. But I'm going right now with TCU. Mark it down. Mark it down. Okay, it's going to be a high-scoring affair because Georgia's defense was looking shaky against Ohio State. Yes, I know TCU's offense is not Ohio State's, but TCU got that dog in them. Okay, they got that motherfucking dog in them. Should be called the Horned Dogs, not the Horned Frogs, if you know what I mean. Period. But... Anyway, y'all, with that being said, you're going to get the fuck up out of here today, man. I'm not going to hold y'all till about 40 minutes. The last two episodes was long, man. We're going to try to cut it short right here, right now. And um, like I always say, man, follow me everywhere. Three-Day Weekend Podcast on Instagram. Big Q made it everywhere else. Join my Discord, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything, nigga. It's the Big Q made it. Thank y'all. As always, I'm going to catch up with y'all next weekend. And uh, I'm going to fuck with you. Tune in and lock in.